We are talking, and welcome for those of you online, we're talking about Christmas and the thrill of hope is the theme of our Christmas services this year, this week, and next week. Next week we'll have Jamie Malcolm who's going to be uh, speaking for us, a TV personality, you're going to love him, come along. So we're talking about the thrill of hope, which actually comes out of that song. I, and contrary to what Danielle says, I actually do like Christmas carols from about the 10th of December through to the 25th. That's about my, my limitation of, of Christmas carols. But I love singing them. I love this song. I found myself all week going around singing this whole song. You know, a thrill of hope. That, that one, it, just, just yeah. a weary world rejoices. Dave, do you know how it goes? No, you no, no. I'll just, I'll just try. See who that. So it goes like a thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. So I'll do the first line. You do the second line. Are you ready? A thrill of hope, a weary. Come on. <laughs> it's like how to clear the church out in one moment. Says last. We're going. All right. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. I love this. I, I think that when people come to church. We should experience the thrill of hope. We definitely, there should be something on the inside of us that goes, life was created to be better than I'm experiencing right now. There's got to be more. There's, there's hope. And then you see a story like Shorty up there of what God's done in his life. And, and hope springs up on the inside. And we do live in a weary world, no doubt about it. This, the last two years, uh, I mean, normally in December, everybody's a little bit tired and ready for some sort of break. Uh, but particularly these last two years, the, the world has got wearier and wearier with so much pivoting and, and barcodes and QR codes. It's like, what's going on in this world? In fact, just, I just heard the other day, this is not the first time that barcodes or QR codes have been a thing. Do you know when they started? It was the Norwegians. They put barcodes on their battleships. Do you know why? So they could Scandinavian. <laughs> come on, there it is, all, all day. Oh baby, oh baby, come on. Sorry, sorry. Anyway, when you're weary, you need good news. When you're weary, you need good news. And so I've got some good news for you here today. In fact, the Bible uses the word the gospel. The gospel is good news. That's, that's literally what it means. The good news for the world, the, the, the date that our history pivots on is the coming of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And that's what we're singing all about. The weary ones need good news. I've got to tell you, I'm sick of bad news. Every now and then I make the mistake of turning on the TV at news time. I'm like, oh, it'll be harmless. I'll just catch the headlines. And then I don't know if anyone's like this, but I just find myself after a while just talking back a little loudly at the, at the like, oh, stop it. Or, or that's not news. That's just a download off a YouTube channel that you did a voiceover. That's just lazy journal. Anyway, and then Danielle says, we should just turn that off. This is raising your blood pressure. I'm like, okay, let's turn that off. So I think that's the idea. We're not looking to the news for good news. We should be looking to the, the church has got the best news. We've got the greatest news. And look, now I understand some of you are here today and you don't associate church with good news. Maybe because of your upbringing. Maybe because of your background, maybe because of some experience, or maybe just secondhand information. And, uh, you know, I've talked to someone once and told them you should come to church, and they said, Man, no, I feel guilty enough already. Why should I come to church and feel worse? 
I'm like, well, that's because maybe you went to a church that didn't focus on the good news, but the bad news. Uh, I talked to somebody else and they're like, my life's boring enough already. Why would I go to church? I'm like, it's not the way you think it is in, in some churches anyway. Uh, one mate of mine came along and looked around and, and he said, oh, I just thought I'd see safari suits and comb-overs. <laughs> What's going on? I'm like, mate, you've been watching too many movies. So when you come, if now if your experience of church or Christianity has been negative, if, if there's been uh, things that have poisoned your soul, I want to just right, right from the outset say I'm sorry on behalf of the church and on behalf of Jesus because that's not what Jesus meant his church to be. He meant it to be a place where you'd be safe, where you'd be loved, where you'd be celebrated, where you'd be positive, where there'd be good news. And I pray that you discover what the church is all about, that it is the good news. The good news is this, that Jesus came to deal the, with the world's number one problem. It's not the Broncos' defense. Some of you, I know you're thinking that's probably what it is, but that's not it. It's not the All Blacks, okay? That, that's, that's another problem that we have to deal with. Now, Jesus came to deal with the world's number one problem, and I want to tell you right now, it's not a physical problem, it's a spiritual problem. Right. The, pro the number one problem, there are so many problems in the world, so many challenges, so many issues, but if you were to strip them right back at the very core of the problem, it's a spiritual problem. And that's why we needed God himself to come as one of us to deal with the spiritual problem. Let me explain it a little bit like this. I'm not sure if you've ever walked into your kitchen or, or, or somewhere in your house, but I've done this recently, walked into the kitchen and there's a there's an unpleasant aroma okay and so you walk in and, and, and you walk into a cupboard and, and it's like oh it's worse in that cupboard now I'm not every now and then okay just I, I do have selective smell so every now and then I'll walk in the cupboard and, and it's like there's, there's an off potato at the bottom of the cupboard have you ever had that moment and you, just the early signs and like most good husbands if I smell just a, a whiff that that could be the problem I I just ignore it and hope that Danielle will fix it. <laughs> just truth be told, right? It's like, it's not my, it's not my selective smell. But anyway, I, but after a while, eventually, you, now here's some things. If, if you've got a rotten potato down in, the, in your potato section in your cupboard or your fridge, who's a potatoes in the fridge person? Potatoes in the cupboard person. Okay, fridge people, you're outnumbered. Okay, anyway, maybe it wouldn't happen if you had them in the fridge. But anyway, we've got them down, down, down the, and it's, there's this smell, and you're like, what's this smell? I don't know what it is. And so what you can do is get out the Glen 20 or the deodorizer, and you can smell the, you can spray it in the cupboard. It's like, oh, fixed, problem solved. You walk away, but you come back an hour later, and it's, the smell's still there. There's a symptom of the problem, but you can't get rid of the symptom, the smell, until you deal with the problem. The problem's the off potato. I'm not, I'm not sure if you've ever had one explode, but apparently they do that as well. Or they spread and it gets worse and it gets worse. And so I want to tell you today that, that while we can do everything we can and we hope that the government can fix the world and we hope that, that some, some organizations can fix the world and we can deal with the, the symptoms. Yeah. But it's only Jesus who can deal with the core 
the very core problem, and it's a spiritual problem. Now, that's not just the world, that's my, that's my life and that's your life. I'm not saying you're an off potato, just to be clear. <laughs> but the deepest problem that we have is a, a spiritual problem. The deepest problem is what the Bible calls sin. Sin is the problem. I'm not sure if we've got any Eurythmics fans in the house, and I know I'm showing my age right now. Anyone Eurythmics? Okay, pretty good. Feels like it's the over 55 crowd. All right, there we go. Well, they wrote a song, and it was called this. Well, I was born an original sinner. I was born in original sin. Okay, and it goes on and says, watch out for the missionary man. That's what it's all about. Just to tell you here today, I'm the missionary man. That's, that's my job, all right? Not the Michelin man, not the Michelin man, the, the missionary man. And so here's the issue. I was, I was born and you were born an original sinner. That's the core spiritual problem. You weren't perfect and then you sinned and because you sinned, you became a sinner. Your nature, the, the fallen nature of humanity is that we are sinners who reject God, who are selfish, prideful, jealous, lustful, angry. It's in our nature. It's the way we were born. And so I'm not a sinner because I sin. I'm, I sin because I'm a sinner. It's my nature. That's the problem with the world. That's why there are wars. That's why there's, there's terrible things done to people all over the world. The core problem is sin. And so when Jesus came, he came to deal with the sin. Now, looking around this room, I get the feeling that some of you are quite familiar with the topic of sin. Nope. Well, that was awkward. <laughs> a little harsh. I feel like some in the room have probably got a PhD in sin. I reckon, Shorty, you probably did. Yeah, yeah. You, you, now, and a friend of mine talks about his life before connecting with God, that he said, oh, I was building my testimony. So some of you in the room, maybe you had quite a season of building your testimony and now you're on the other side, or maybe you still are. But here's the thing about sin. How many of you think that sin's fun? Now that's not a trick question. It is. Okay, it's okay to put your hands up. Sin, sin's fun. It's fun. Uh, a friend of mine says, if anyone says sin's not fun, they're doing it wrong. But here's the problem, it's fun until it's not. It's fun until it catches up on you. It's fun until there's a price to pay. It's like going to the resort where you realize you can just tap the card and charge it to your room and you're having a whole lot of fun until you get out and you check out and you see the bill and they're charging you three times the no anyway and you go like, oh my gosh. You're like, it was fun until you got the bill. And that's what sin's like. The Bible calls it the fleeting pleasure of sin. The fleeting pleasure. It's, it's seductive. It draws you in. You feel like it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to really make you happy. But at the end of the day, when, when it's gone, then suddenly you feel guilty and the devil piles condemnation on you and you feel shameful about what you've done and, and the people that you've hurt. And after a while, people around your life, once you get caught up in the, the habit, the destructive habit of sin, it, 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 it seems good at the start, but then it ensnares you and you can't, you're trapped. And now you can't change on your own. You're caught up in it and you get hurt and people around your lives get hurt. And, and suddenly what was fun has now caught me. It damages relationship, causes pain to others, causes pain to ourselves. Guilt, shame, remorse take over. 
And the worst consequence of sin is that we're cut off from God. Spiritually, we're cut off from God. And this is the good news. When Jesus Christ came, He came to deal with the problem of sin. He came to live a perfect life and then to die on a cross and pay the consequences of our sins so that we don't have to. That's why I love to come to church every week and lift my hands and sing and praise and say, Jesus, I thank you. You, the Son of God, took my sin on yourself and you paid a price that I couldn't pay. But not just that I could experience forgiveness, but that I could have transformation. I love it when Shorty's testimony where he just talked about, I asked Jesus into my life and in a moment I was different in a moment. That's because so many people have a misunderstanding of Christianity. So many people think Christianity is about taking a bad person and making them a good person. But Christianity is actually about dealing with the the, the core problem, our sin being forgiven and changing our nature. It's taking someone who's spiritually dead and bringing us spiritually alive. Last week, we heard from a wonderful man in our church. His name's Tony, and I think I saw Tony here today. Where are you, Tony? Give us a wave, man. Give us a wave. Fantastic. He's out serving right now. There we go. And Tony shared his story as at four years old. He, he, with nine of his siblings, were made wards of the state. How he was in orphanage and foster care for years. He was physically and sexually abused and fell into gangs, drugs, and crime bottled up all the pain of his childhood, didn't know how to express his feelings, went through two marriages, many relationships, and eventually broke down with mental health issues, uh, bipolar, depression, and social disorder, and constant voices in his head. He lived in uh, Kiwana in the sand dunes for many years, until three years ago, someone from uh, IFYS, Homeless Hub, reached out to him. And, say, and provided him with accommodation after sleeping rough for a number of years. This began the, a journey of transformation. A friend of his from the hub invited Tony to our church here. And he came along with his anxiety uh, freaking out, almost turned and ran away. But he came along anyway. And the, he describes uh, as he came into church, it felt like he came into a family put his hand up to connect with God. He's been involved in this last week of actually taking out backpacks to people who are homeless. He's found a home. His life has begun to turn around. I love this. He described the moment not long after he invited God into his life, that when the sin problem was dealt with, when he was born again, became a new spiritual creation, he, he got baptized. He said, three days later, I want to read this to you, I realized I no longer had any voices in my head any feelings of self-harm. You can see my social disorder is no more. Praise God. I want you to know that Jesus, it's awesome, that Jesus in a moment makes a person different. The Bible calls it being born again. Now we can get this myth around Christmas time. I want you to put up uh, the the little photo of the, the nativity scene, the nativity scene. Isn't it sweet? I mean, look at baby Jesus. He's like completely chilled and looks like he's two years old with an Elvis hairdo. I'm not quite sure. This is the first time I've seen this one. I just said, get it, find us an nativity scene. I mean, it's so cute, right? It's so cute. And all of us, all of us, when we see this cute little nativity scene, we, we get the idea of a clean, 
beautiful, uh, sanitized birth of the Savior. But I want to tell you that the original Christmas was messy. That sheep, uh, sheep, and a friend of mine who's been into one of the stables, just leave that up, been into one of the stables in Israel, he just said the first thing you smell is sheep and it's overwhelmingly disgusting. He said it's disgusting. In fact, he said in Israel too, the smell of sheep was a smell of shame. In the time of Jesus, if you smelled like a sheep, you were an outcast and you were to be avoided. This was the job of God's people, the Israelites, and they were renowned for being shepherds and they were avoided. They were kept away from. And so when Jesus was born in a stable, and the Hebrew word literally translates as to sink down or to drop down, Jesus was not coming into a sanitized, perfect, beautiful little porcelain setup. He was coming to a messy, smelly, uh, overlooked and forgotten, isolated place into the world of humanity coming down to our world. And I like to think of it like this. I'm, I'm not sure if you'd need to be a Kiwi to say this, but I think Christmas should be Christ comes into our miss. Miss? Miss? Sis? Okay, anyway. I just, I, I, this is what I think. So often, you can, you know, we can get rid of that now. So often we have this idea, I'm going to get my life together, and when I get my life together, then maybe I'll go to church. Maybe when I've, when I've got some stuff sorted, I, wanna, I want you to know today that this is the great message of Christmas and Christianity, that you don't have to have your mess sorted. Right. That Jesus is perfectly at home walking into your mess. He's perfectly at home coming into the mess. Now, here's the thing. We all put on our, our awesome clothes today. We all, we all come here looking as, as, you know, as good as we possibly can. We, we, we don't walk in here going, you, you know, I'm messed up on the inside. I, I'm struggling this week with anxiety. I'm, I'm overwhelmed with depression. Well, I, 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 the things that I've done are plaguing me with guilt and with shame. We, we kind of keep that hidden, and that, that's not a bad thing to a, to a certain degree. But sometimes we can get the idea that Christianity is a sanitized hour on a Sunday morning where I put my Sunday best on and I come to God and, and I sort of try and, you know, pretend God doesn't know what's really going on in my heart or my mind and, and I tick a box and I go home or, or I don't even want to come because it's too messed up inside and I don't want anyone to see. But I want you to know the good news, the thrill of hope yeah. comes when Jesus, where we go, all right, I, I'm going to not try to change myself. I'm going to let you come into my life and right. you can begin to change me. Right. You can begin to heal me up where my relationships are breaking down. You can begin to heal me up where I find myself just a workaholic, unable to change my lifestyle because I'm caught up in the, the, the myth of success. You can, you can come and get involved in my world where things just aren't what they should be. And I love the testimony this morning and so many testimonies in our church and in churches around the world of people who just said, I needed to be different, but I couldn't be different myself. I needed change. And that is the good news of Christianity, that Jesus not only has dealt with the spiritual sin problem that we can be forgiven, 
but he's also calm and he makes a way for us to change, for everything to change supernaturally on the inside. I'm going to get our keyboarders to come up and I want to pray for us together right now if you'd close your eyes. Dear God, I thank you this morning that we get to celebrate the most amazing news there is, the good news of the gospel. And I pray in this room today and for those who are watching online that the message of good news would get personal right now. It wouldn't just be a story that we sing about in a carol. It wouldn't just be something we see at the shops or in a nativity scene. But today, the good news of Jesus Christ would get personal. I want you to know while our eyes are closed that you were created for relationship with God. That's the core purpose for your life, to know God and to be known by God, to experience His love, not just intellectually to know about God, but to literally experience Him, His transforming power, His healing love, for Him to show you what it is you're created for, the purpose that you're on this planet for. You're created for a relationship with God. And Jesus came to deal with the, the real problem, our sin. And the song we've been talking about, a thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. It, got, it talks about fall on our knees. And this is where real change happens in our lives. Real change happens where we go, God, I've tried in my own strength, but today I'm falling on my knees. It's a metaphor. I'm, I'm surrendering my life to you. I need your help to become the man or the woman, the young person that you've called me to be. I surrender and I put my faith in Jesus. So Father, I pray that you'll touch hearts, that the thrill of hope, that things could be different, that the depression could lift, that the anxiety could go, that the feelings of guilt and shame could be dealt with through the blood of Jesus. God, I pray that the thrill of hope would come, that circumstances can change. Relationships can be restored. That all things are possible if we would only surrender to You, fall on our knees, invite You in, forgive us of our sins, change us from the inside. While your eyes are closed and those who are watching online, while your eyes are closed, what we're going to do in a moment is I'm going to I'm going to lead us in a prayer all together. The prayer will be a prayer of surrendering to God, receiving His love, putting our faith in Jesus. We're going to all pray it together. I'm going to pray the words and then we're going to pray it together after me. And I'm wondering in that moment, if you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with God, today's the day where everything could change. If you once had a relationship with God and you've drifted away from Him, this morning's the morning to come back to Him. And so what I'm going to do before we pray that prayer, I'm going to ask in a few moments if you're saying, John, you know what? I want that relationship with God you're talking about. 
I don't fully understand it, but I know something's missing in my life and I want to start that relationship with God or I want to come back to Him. And in a moment, if that's you, you're saying, I want that relationship you're talking about or I want to come back to God because you once walked with Him but you've drifted away. If it's you, I'm just going to ask you in your seat to raise your hand just in a moment. And I'll say, that's awesome. I see your hand and you can put it down. And then together, we're going to pray that prayer while you're in your seat. Maybe you're here this morning and you're just not sure in your heart that when you die, you're going to go to heaven. You probably believe that God's real, but you just don't have a peace, a confidence that you're right with God. In a moment when I ask for hands to go up, I want you to raise your hand because I want to pray with you. Because when Jesus comes into your life, He brings a confidence and an assurance. And if you don't have that, I, I don't want you to leave today without having that. So right around the room, this is what we're going to do in a moment. I'm going to count to three and I'm going to ask you, if, if you're one of those three categories of people, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. If you're saying, John, I want to have a relationship with God, lead me in that prayer. If that's you in a moment, when I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. You're saying, I walk with God. Maybe you went to kids' church, Sunday school, grew up in church. But something's gone down. Maybe you just got busy. Maybe you got distracted. Maybe you got hurt. And you found yourself away from God. And if you think back, the happiest you've ever been in your life was when you were connected strongly to God. And I want to tell you today, He's calling you back to Him to get right afresh. So we're ready when I count to three, if you're saying, this is me, I want to get right, I want to begin a relationship with God, I want to come back to Him, I want to be sure I'm going to heaven, I want you to raise your hand just for a moment. One, two, three. Would you just raise it up and say, that's me. Fantastic, I see your hand. Fantastic, fantastic. Up the back, mate, over the back here. That's awesome, I see your hand. Who else? Right over here, I see your hand. Thank you so much. Down there, sweetheart, see your hand. That's awesome. Just, just keep your hand up if you raised it. There's a few more I know right now. You, you, you want to join in this moment. Awesome, I see your hand over here. Who else right now? You're saying, yes, I want to surrender to God. Christians are praying for you right now. We've been preparing for this moment right now. Thank you. Awesome. I see your hand. This is the moment of you connecting with God. I don't want to hype you into anything. But you'll know that God's Spirit loves you. You're not here by accident. God loves you so much. And He's created this moment. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. He's created this moment for this decision so that life can change for you. But you have to fall on your knees as it were surrender put your trust in God for some people that's hard you trusted someone and they let you down you've trusted someone else and they let you down and here's the preacher today telling you that you can trust God because he won't let you down I'm telling you he won't let you down although people will God won't and so this morning, I'm wondering, there's about seven or so people who've raised their hand already. I'm wondering if there's anybody else. I feel like there's a couple more. There's a wrestle going on on the inside for your soul and for your destiny. I want you in a moment as well. Would you right now, would you raise your hand as well if that's you? Say, I want to surrender to God. Just put your hand up high. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. That's awesome. Who else right now? Thank you. See your hand. Who else right now? I'm wondering, I'm wondering if there's one more person. Now's your moment right now. Awesome. Thank you. 
Can everybody who raised your hand before, just put them up together all at once right now. I just want to make sure I know how many we've got. Thank you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Fantastic, fantastic. Come on, church, put your hands together for all of these people. Dozen people this morning surrendering to God. Plus those of you online who are watching right now, if you've made that decision to surrender your life to God, then I want you to join with us in praying the prayer. We're all going to pray together. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead us in that prayer. For everybody who raised your hand, for those of you online watching, you raised your hand, I want you to pray this along with me to God. You're not praying to me, you're praying to God. And together, the whole church, we're going to pray this with you because we know how awesome this moment is when you surrender your life to God. So come on, close your eyes and pray along with me. Dear God in heaven, I thank you that you love me, that you sent your son Jesus, that he died in my place, on a cross for my sin. I'm sorry for living my way. And I turn to you today. I surrender to you. Come into my life. Come into my heart. I thank you today that I am forgiven. That I am born again. And I'm going to heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for everybody. God bless you. So many people surrendering to God. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, we've got a team of people, and some of them were standing around the room at that moment, and they would have seen your hand go up. They're just going to, they want to give you a gift after the service. So if someone comes up and says, hey, love to give you a gift, and maybe answer any questions you've got, uh, that's what they're doing. We, I would encourage everybody, if this is your first time to church, or you haven't been in a long time, or if you raised your hand, just keep coming along to church. Because that's how, the, the church doesn't make you right with God. We're just a community that help you have a relationship with God. And then the second thing we do is we run a course called Alpha every, every uh, term pretty much a couple of times. It's just about answering the basic questions of who Jesus Christ is. So uh, one of the team will talk to you about that. Church, we love you. God bless you. Teresa, why don't you come on up? Thank you so much.